The Friday Profile. Quentin Marcellus, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. Yes, ma'am. It's a great pleasure. And welcome back. I do recall a couple of years ago you were part of the Joy of Jazz. Yes, ma'am. So this is the return. Well, yes, it was a pleasure then and it's a pleasure now. Yes, yes. I cannot wait. I really cannot wait. Welcome back to South Africa. I know they've kept you really busy with all sorts of work. You were in Cliptown. Uh, What was it yesterday? Yes, Uh ma'am. How did that go? Good. Everything is... uh it's been it's been great, you know. Talking with the people, talking about the music. Everybody is so is very patient. Mm-hmm. It listens very well, and also all the gen- generations are integrated, older and younger people. Yes, people smiling and laughing and joking and playing around. You know, it's a uh, taking care of business, but without being uh, stiff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been very good, very very enjoyable. Um, you're a man that enjoys a lot of jazz history. Um, and our two countries have a love and a deep love for jazz. Uh, what has been your insights looking at the evolution of jazz in this country, our contribution to jazz globally? What are your thoughts when you hear what we create? Well, first is the the amalgamation of kind of African rhythms and the sophistication of playing in two times at once. Yeah. Sing-songy way that the music is down here. It's a special way of playing melodies and on underneath that sing song type of way of playing is is a, is a deep sophistication of two opposites pulling against each other which is like the blues and then uh, the whole tradition in history mm-hmm. with uh keeping Mukhetsi and the different great musicians that come from here to the younger ones zim zim Nguana. <laughs> zim Nguana, uh, yes. <laughs> and uh now with uh in the duzo mm-hmm. in in uh it's a, it's a, a tradition that uh, people generally associate, of course, with Mary McCabe and Hugh Masekela, greats yeah. that were part of our civil rights movement. Yeah. We have a tendency to think that uh, we talk about the influence, the influence that American jazz had on South, South African jazz. We invented jazz, so of course we have an influence. But in the arts, things that you invent are not yours. Mm-hmm. They're free because they address our human heritage as well as our ethnic heritage. Yes. And um, I, I think that it's important to stress when Harry Belafonte and the different people of the 1960s movement hooked up with, with Hugh Masekela and Miriam McCabe and the people who became famous uh, in the United States and then later mm-hmm. with, with Abdullah Ibrahim, they, they were p- a part of the international movement of freedom yes. and of, of elevation of consciousness and these types of things. So we, we have a, a deep relationship at, at, at the root. And, and it's, not, it's, not, it's not only ethnic it's, uh, it's human. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how this finds expression um, when the performances happen because you handpicked uh, Marcus White with his Zao Orchestra. So this is going to be an interesting coming together of these two histories uh, expressed through music. Why? Why was it important for you to include Marcus? What, what caught your eye about his work? Well, Marcus is keeping the big band tradition going he's establishing a big band tradition here and i i think about a lot of times in america in the early years in the in the late 1800s people were trying to start symphonic societies and do things like that it's very difficult to get it off the ground and to get more and more people involved in symphonic music right and um we're all at, at a certain point along the lines of the evolution of a thing and i think it's important for us to support and to 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 communicate with people who are who are addressing the big band tradition, the tradition that was 
that comes from uh, uh, American music, the early New Orleans music, Jelly Roll Martin, of course, elevated to his highest point by Duke Ellington, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And for people to see us come together and realize different ways that we can play. And we'll start today just by meeting each other and playing, and then who knows later things that we do. Yes. And how we come together. We come together in many different ways across time. Right. Oh, cannot wait. And I guess in a nutshell, you've just given us the history of orchestral jazz. Well, the, yeah, the early, the early parts of the music. With jazz, it was always a question of how do we communicate across the, the, the racism that we have in our culture. And jazz was a music of freedom came out of after slavery ended. And the musicians were trying to establish their personhood. And they did that with Buddy Bolden and the early New Orleans pioneers. And then the question was, how can we orchestrate this sound so that more yes. people can participate? Yes. In the same way that children are the, are the orchestration of, two, of the love of two people. Uh, that's the same way that the music began too, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a it's a thing that we use even today in our big band. We have t- we have ten arrangers, and we take many of the developments of jazz and we arrange it and orchestrate it so that it can be played uh, in the, in the, in the modern context. But we don't define modern as a fad. Yes. We define it as touching that timeless stream, just in the language of this moment. Mm. So. Uh, in that way, we come, we come in that spirit where the knowledge of our, the history of our music and the way we can embrace people is not separate. So you're not separate from not just your grand, grandmother, great-grandmother, but from somebody from way, way back that you can only channel in the spirit world. Yes. Wow. And I think back to, it was a Harvard lecture that you gave. And in fact, I think it was, there was how jazz is a metaphor. Um, and you touched on the fact that music is able to do what we sometimes struggle to do in everyday life. There's an us and a we and a them and so on. Right. And music, in fact, is, has this ability to to bring us together. If we, if we try to come together in music, many times what we want to do with music is make it a slave. Mm-hmm. So the bass plays the same part. Boom, 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 boom. So it's five minutes, the drums play. And then so much of a slave that machines start to play it. Right. So when you get to the point that machines are playing your music, it's, it, you, you've lost a certain thing about how music can bring you together. Like you're nodding and you're looking at me, but it's something you're telling me. Yeah. It's not in words. <laughs> yes. you know, do you know what I mean? I and you could just, you, I could be saying the same thing and you could be looking at me with a different expression and right. I would read it. Music is underneath expressions because mm-hmm. it's in the realm of the invisible. So it's thoughts, aspirations, dreams, hopes, things in the imagination, memories, all these invisible things music touch on, they get into that stream. Right. And that's why music is such a powerful uh, determinant in terms of how people feel about being alive. And that's why you, even you could go back to the old Greeks, Plato was always talking about be careful with music because music can, touches things we don't understand. Yes. And when that music lose, loses its sense of purpose and meaning and it becomes corrupted and is only a product, it can be very powerful when it's turned loose. Right. You are now the face of the elder. You're the statesman, if <laughs> so, to, so to put it, of, of jazz. Which are the most important jazz traditions to you? Which jazz traditions do you feel need to be preserved? Just listening to you speak now about, you know, how we shouldn't take away the soul of, of music. Right. I suspect that may be one of them. Well, I think I had the, the opportunity to do a, 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 a write a piece with a great Ghanaian drummer, Yakub yes, Adi. Yes, yes. I worked on this piece for ten years. This this man taught me so much about about the music, and it was very intense. And one thing he told me that was very interesting. He said a drum 
plays a tone, and that tone has a meaning. A rhythm has a meaning, and a rhythm has a very powerful meaning. So he, we were listening to the radio. He said, what does this rhythm mean? It was just some, some you know, commercial. I said, well, that, that rhythm means money. <laughs> and he said, when you lost an understanding of the meaning of rhythms, you lost a very important thing. So I think the first thing to be in this time for me is a custodian of the swing rhythm. Because that swing rhythm is the most difficult thing to play. Hmm. The bass is moving and the drums are moving. The bass walks, the drums ride. There's a lot of freedom at the bottom. Yeah. It is the first rhythm to be corrupted. Because you don't want them to be free. You want to enslave them and give them a repetitive part. Mm-hmm. Because then you can project whatever you want on top of it. The second is... a. Uh, so after we, we, and also swing is a matter of balance. How much do you talk? How much do you listen? Mm-hmm. How loud do you play? How soft do you play? In the swing rhythm, the softest instrument, the bass, has to play with the loudest instrument, the drums. Right. So the drums is forced down into a softer volume by, in a way, in American democracy, it's like the way the judicial branch is supposed to work with the executive branch. Right. The judicial branch is supposed to hold back the power of that president in a certain way. And uh, th- then... In, in terms of the, the next thing that, that is to be a, a custodian for the integrity and the meaning of the music. Because we live in, in the times of such populism and absolute commercialism mm-hmm. and materialism mm-hmm. that everything is seen to be governed by wanting some material thing. Yes. And the music is, is much too deeper and too soulful and too many people have sacrificed too much across time. So uh, to be a custodian of the present moment, many times in the, in the, in the media and by, by kind of lightweight intellectuals, there's an attempt to to destroy a relationship mm-hmm. to the past and make it be an enemy of the present. The only time the past is an enemy of the present is when you're trying to keep people uneducated and trying to manipulate them into present moment thinking yeah. that is that is exploitable. And I can exploit you if I'm making you be a newborn every day. Mm-hmm. If you can't figure out, don't stick your finger in the electric socket, yeah. then I can sell you any idea. So to be a custodian of mm. the thought that there's, a, there's an integrity that remains important, regardless of recognition, that's an important part. Yeah. And then the other part of at this stage of my life is to exhibit endurance and to become more humble as I get older, right. but to have endurance and to, and to increase in intensity uh, around the mission and around the meaning of integrity and the purpose of what we're, what we're out and what our music is about and, and to not diminish in power. As my, as my physical power wanes. Yes, yes. Because one of the other things that I was curious about, there's a lot that you've shared there that maybe I'll, I'll come back to here and there. But one of the things that I was curious about was certainly the question of intention <laughs> when creating or, or when artists create <laughs> what their intention is. What would you say has been your intentions over the years well, or my- even primarily now? Yeah, my, my intention comes from uh, from my, my my mentors, my father, and the people I've known in the life that I've lived. So yes. I'm always trying to p- play as well as I can play. And I'm trying to uplift people much as you and I are speaking now. Uh, we can feel an intention between the two of us. Yes. That's unrecognized, but we feel it nonetheless. Um, I want to come into your home, mm-hmm. and I want you to invite me back. And I want you to be welcome, you know? feel welcome. <laughs> so we, and we can both feel that. Yes. And it's a thing that goes on with human beings standing in the elevator. Or, so my, with my music, I, I, never, I want to always speak up to you. Mm-hmm. I never want to speak down, and I want to try to get to the very highest level I can get to all the time. 
whether it's for young people in elementary school, a five-year-old, uh, when I pick my horn up or when I play with a group, I'm trying to play with the musicians to be a part of what's going on, but I'm trying to bring everything I know to playing. Right. And to, to try to deliver with as much integrity and openness and with the only intention to be to, to communicate the best of what I know, to leave you feeling better mm-hmm. than you felt before I came to you. So that is uh, when you create and you teach as well. You were mentoring and sharing with younger people as recent as uh, uh, yesterday. And you have your own mentors. One of your mentors is Albert Murray. Okay. So on the one hand, it, it's a, if we are to visualize it as in passing down, downwards, and then there's the other, which is to cast upwards and receive from elsewhere. Right. So what do you look for, especially at this stage, this really advanced and intense, enduring, resilient and thriving stage of your career? What do you look for in a mentor? Uh, first, I, I've had so many mentors. Right? Mm-hmm. So Al Murray being one of the main ones intellectually. Mm-hmm. That's him calling right now. <laughs> see, when I see his name, he calls me. <laughs> He's still telling me about stuff I didn't do. Man, I told you to read these books and you come back in, you didn't read the stuff I told you to read. That's why he that's when I hear me say his name. He said, You better not you haven't read the last volume of that Thomas Mann. <laughs> you know, so and and uh, many many of the of the of the great jazz musicians, because I was always really much younger than the musicians. See, now that's the alarm going off. And why is that? That's Elvin Jones channeling in. He knew I was thinking about him. So to know like Elvin Jones and, and uh Dizzy Gillespie and uh, John Lewis and Jerry Mulligan and all the great musicians that I had a chance to know very well and mm-hmm. hang with them. Yeah, I look for just uh, the depth of their achievement and their understanding. And it's always a spiritual understanding. Yes. And a willingness to share it. And um, that kind of spiritual ascendance keeps the negativity a- away. Because it's, it's interesting, a negative teaching has a, a kind of power to it. Because to say no to something implies that you know something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the case. Yes. Because when you say yes to a collective, there's so much wisdom to be had. Or a great mentor of mine was Yakub Adi. Like if I could just tell you what he taught me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and he was always cultured in some type of humor, so it would always be something funny. I, I like to tell a story about him, but it, it's just because of how funny it was. He was explaining to me, this is a royal rhythm. He was very proud about the rhythm. Royal These rhythm. big drums were playing. Boom, 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 boom. This is a royal rhythm, brother. He tells me, I said, well, man, I'm from New Orleans. It's not royal to me. We don't have royalty. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, that is why you will never play it correctly. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know, the many... I look, I look for just uh, the kind of depth of understanding and humor and also the humility because to mentor someone, you have to also be humble to, the, to their ignorance mm-hmm. and to the things they may know that you don't know. Right. And to their discoveries, to allow what they, what they discover to teach you. And to, because for me, even when we, when we, when we talk to the younger South, South African musicians, or I said the name earlier of... And Duzo mm-hmm. Makatini, I look forward to studying with him and seeing what it is and trying to, to learn from him. Because there's a man with a, with a great spirituality and an understanding. Yeah. We're playing also with Tandi and Thule. Just the, the way she comps and the intelligence of the way she plays yes. is, uh, is, is, is very interesting. So we have an up and, and, and down. Um, uh, when you get the cycle of the generations, then you get into a kind of... Uh, uh, 
you get in the type of educational environment you want to be. Right. Because there's music education, but of course there are other types of education. Yeah, like Al Murray was not a musician. Yeah. My my one of my main intellectual mentor was not a was he was not a musician. Mm. He was a writer. Mm. And he had Which been, you do really well too. Well, <laughs> you being too kind. <laughs> but I, I mean I like to write as a as as a hobby. I like to communicate. And uh I, I, I have a, also Romare Bearden was a mentor of mine. He's a great mm-hmm. Afro American artist. August Wilson, you know, I was lucky at my time to be nineteen, twenty, twenty one, and know who they were. So I would be the only young person really chasing them down. So yes. I would be calling Murray all the time. Hey man, give me my reading list, or can I come over on Sunday? Or Ralph Ellison, can I come to the to the home? Then when you get in somebody's home, then you get to, because that's the jazz musician's way. Mm-hmm. Our way is very personal. Elvin Jones would call me at one o'clock in the morning, and he would always say his wife, he, he was married to a Japanese woman named Keiko, yeah. and he would say, Keiko has two lobsters in here that need to be at. <laughs> so that meant you could come here at one o'clock. So I would get out the bed if I was sleeping, and I would go to this man's house at one o'clock, and we would sit up from one to six in the morning, yes. eating lobsters and imbibing a certain beverage. And uh, he wasn't supposed to drink at that time, so it was understood I had to bring him a little some refreshment. Mm-hmm. And then when she would walk out the room, he would look at me. <laughs> he'd go, <clears throat> I would pass him his refreshment under the table. <laughs> you know, it was, all, it was all, I mean, it was all in fun, but the, but the education and the knowledge that he would give, give between one and six in the morning. Yes. See. Invaluable. In, invaluable. So, I, you know, when I have the chance to pass on, not, not just facts, it's a feeling. Yeah. The feeling of being up in that room with him, and he was a king. Like he just the the the, the thing is this man who played all these drums with John Coltrane and all the things he represented and how the dignity and the pride and the belief that he had and the in the integrity. Mm-hmm. I, I try to pass that on to my to my younger people. Well, I guess we'll get to see um, the kind of work, the kind of focus and passion that you've transferred into jazz at the Lincoln Center with the ensemble that will be playing over the weekend. What can we expect? Well, we have fantastic musicians that are very dedicated. You know, mm. Never been an orchestra with 10 arrangers. Everybody solos. I don't really have to play that much I mean, yeah. because we always say it doesn't matter who plays. It doesn't matter whose song we're playing. We work very hard and we've been together for a while older of us. 25, 30 years we've been in it. Our orchestra was formed with surviving members of Duke Ellington's orchestra, sure. the members who played with Duke from 55 to 74. And we were then, members of my septet, we were in our 20s, and they were in their 60s and early 70s. And it was like the real Brit Woodman and Norris Turner, the people actually on those great records, and they taught us how to play this style of music. And we've developed that style and applied it to the music we were playing. Mm. And uh, we're, we're unbelievably dedicated. And the band is a, a blessing in my life to to play with them and to, to to sit there with them, the level of musicianship and of seriousness and the, the years that we've played in different environments we played in. Yes. Everything from gymnasiums to outdoor concerts to playing with philharmonic orchestras on stage to, to the concerts we played with the great Yakub Adi and Odada and with flamenco musicians. We, we played in many settings mm. and write the music for those settings. And we have a, 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 a lot of pride and belief so when we sit down to play every time we know it's a blessing yes yes. and it's isn't it's it 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 also extends to the organization um as much as it can extend to the organization um and 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 music you're under a certain fire because the intensity of performing 
it's like it's 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 intense, and the first pressure is each other. So we're listening to each other all the time. <laughs> so when you mess up, somebody would be like, hmm, you know, you have trouble with your chops. Or, we laugh a lot of times, but we, we understand the level that we want to be on. Mm-hmm. And we, we strive for that as an organization also. You know, in our organization, we have a lot of people who work. It's, 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 it's social work. People could do jobs. They could make more money doing other things. Yes. And they, they work for the mission. Uh of this organization, and we've been able to do miraculous things. We have, we have 12 education uh, programs. We have our own record label, Blue Engine Records. We have a hall with three rooms in it. If you come to New York, I want you to come to the House of Swing on 59th Street. And uh, we've kept we've kept it, what, what we're doing going, and we've tried to maintain as much of our integrity as we could possibly maintain. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it was with, it's, it's, it's uh, always with a great deal of pride. I sit, I sit with our orchestra, even in rehearsals or in anything, when we're just joking around. It's a, it's it's been a blessing for me. A charmed life. Well, I'm not going to say that, but <laughs> <laughs> that that aspect of it, yes. <laughs> you know. Thank you so much. Yes, I ma'am. cannot wait for this weekend's performances at the Standard Bank Tour of Jazz. It's Thank been an honor. Yeah, Azania, for me, it's been a great pleasure. Thank, Thank you. Yes, Thank ma'am. Thank you. And that wraps up my conversation with this man, Winton Marcellus, a trumpeter and, of course, teacher. Uh, the managing and creative uh, director at the Lincoln, uh, the, the uh, jazz at the Lincoln Center uh, um, Orchestra at the center. And of course, he heads up the orchestra. David has sent us a message saying, I attended the Standard Bank Joy of Jazz last night. The show was on another level. In particular, the orchestras really, really enjoyed it. I just love this year's concept of having what Marcus White was quick to correct to say, this isn't a battle. It's not a battle between the two. They're playing on stage one after the other. Uh, it's not a battle, but he said it's a love fest. And it definitely felt that way, not to be missed. So it's happening at the Dinaledi stage and they'll be on actually tonight again. As I said, uh, what a great thinker around music. And after all these years, his contribution, I think, has been immense. That was Winton Marcellus.